Welcome back to Over Here. My name is Nick Finzer, and today we are talking with Alan Blanchard. We are bringing back the This Is Jazz Today playlist. Uh, We are talking about new releases that came out in November of 2018. We're talking at the beginning of December of 2018, and we're really excited to look at these new releases and also coming up this month, a few looking back playlists on 2018, best of the industry, best of outside in music. And uh, we're excited to jump into 2019. And if you are a musician, if you are someone who wants to join the outside in music team we are really growing into 2019 and need some additional people so get in touch with us info at outsideinmusic.com if you're someone who is looking to create content wants to get involved on the industry side of the music business and uh, we will uh, find a place for you here on our team uh, hopefully so thanks for being here thanks for listening and without further ado here is the this is jazz playlist with alan blanchard all right, welcome back to another edition of This Is Jazz. Today we have Alan Blanchard here to talk about the November 2018 releases. It's December 2018 now and kind of starting to wrap up the year uh, of releases here. So, Alan, thanks for being here and thanks for putting together another great playlist. Yeah, of course. It's it's always fun to see the new stuff out there. And uh, I see, I'm see, I'm on this total here. And we did 10 a month, but somehow our playlist has 113 songs on it. Yeah, I think the first month, for some reason, I did not do 10. So definitely should go back and uh, look at that back in January. <laughs> I think There's it's okay. like two of off the same album for like three of them. Oh, I see. I was just like, why is there 113 songs? I just noticed that. Anyway, um, with a lot of cool stuff, looks like in this uh, release, I haven't gotten to uh, check out everything yet, but some exciting records that I have checked out and uh, all, of course, our favorite uh, time of year for jazz albums when jazz is finally acceptable to the public Christmas time. <laughs> and uh, so I won't uh, waste any more time. I'll let us get right to it. So we'll start with number 10 for this month. And why don't you give us a little bit of the story of this track? Yeah, I mean, I was checking out uh, some Bill Frizzell, um a while back, and I saw that this album was coming up at the end of the year, so I kind of you know wrote it down and went back to it. Um, and so he and Andrew Cirilli and Wadada Leo Smith released this trio album uh, called Labrova. And it's first off, it's really interesting because I always um, I enjoy listening to different people's perspectives when they have a um pianoist trio or uh, a bassist trio because i feel like you know many people don't go for guitar nowadays it's it's becoming more popular than it used to be for sure um and of course it has trumpet on it so i'm naturally gonna check it out a little bit more and so i ended up picking this track off there called pretty beauty the last track on the record and it was this it's this very uh rubato ballad that has like it uses a lot of different colors um which was really what i think um took my interest the most on it because they were able to cover so many different um timbres and whatnot with uh andrew playing brushes throughout the set he was able to get a lot of colors from there and and with bill coming in and, and accompanying with you know like various arpeggiating lines or single note two note voicings whatnot they were able to get a lot of timbres behind this uh, harmon trumpet 
uh, melodic line that's going through it. It's really a great, great album altogether. La Broba, the title track on it, is like an eight-bar blues that they did based off, uh, well, I wouldn't say based off of it, but it kind of has like some sounds from uh, like Mingus's writing, almost kind of like a goodbye pork pie hat vibe. Um, but certainly an interesting album to listen to. It's kind of one that you got to approach with an open mind, especially with the second track being, you know, 17 and a half minutes. So it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's something that you just casually turn on and listen to. You got to kind of be a little focused, mm-hmm. but overall, you know, great record. Nice. Yeah. Bill Frizzell was part of, you know, Paul motions trio with Joe Lovano that did the, all those records that have no, no bass on it. So it's kind of right in that, in that tradition, but do, have you kind of his thing? Yeah, have you checked out uh, Wadada before? Uh, I hadn't. Um, so that was a new treat for me because you know I realized that like he's been a part of of a lot of records, mm-hmm. um, and so that was a treat to go back and start listening to some of those. Um, like I was, uh, I listened to some of the tracks off Yo Miles the other day. Um, but certainly something I gotta I gotta dive into a little bit more. Like this was the first time I had even heard of uh, Wadada. Interesting. Yeah, it's always. Yeah. I mean, he was on the cover of Downbeat a couple months ago. You know, like he's like been around for a long time, but not everybody has checked out all these people. It's, it's just interesting to me what people you know that come up in different areas end up hearing or not hearing, just because there's so much stuff. There's so much music out there. <clears throat> well, and I think especially with being in school right now and the people that i naturally uh gravitate towards listening wise he's not someone that i would have normally come across of and like suggested people to to kind of branch off from you know Mm -hmm. sure yeah it's not like super straight ahead yeah not the super part of the uh, educational canon i suppose yeah but uh, now for something completely different yeah, yeah, opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> opposite side of the spectrum here. A little, a, a little uh, holiday classic here. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I know we were joking around the other day, um, talking about um, play, putting together a playlist of like Christmas releases and jazz, and how this is the one time where like we really got it going for the year. You know, everyone's checking it out. Um, and so Joey Alexander, uh, great pianist, just put out this christmas album i guess you could say but it's i think it's only like four tracks um and one of the tracks on there is i'll come ye faithful and he has with him again uh eric carlin and lenny grenadier and it's just uh larry grenadier you know larry grenadier not larry, larry grenadier oh okay excuse me i definitely <laughs> thought i said larry grenadier <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting spin because there's I will say even though that this is the time of the year that like jazz is accepted, there's some songs that I'm more okay with listening to mm-hmm. in a jazz setting than others. You know, like uh, my favorite things is one of my favorite tunes of all time, and it's it's kind of more associated with this uh, holiday season. Sure, but they actually did a great um, version. Oh, come all you faithful! I thought um, it sets up a really uh, nice groove underneath it, and it's just. Uh, a, you know, a pleasure to listen to, and it's it's amazing the the sense of maturity that's in you know Joey Alexander's playing for being so young. So um, I also thought it was kind of interesting that the cover art uh, kind of reminds me of uh, that handful of keys record that Lincoln Center put out a while ago. Oh sure, yeah. But, you know, um, definitely a great record. De- definitely uh, recommend listening to it and you know putting it on in, in your in your home if you're having a party or something can definitely add it to that playlist it's only four tracks though how are you gonna listen to it 
No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's cool though. And uh, yeah, so Joey Alexander. Next, uh, sticking on the pianist theme, had the pleasure of playing a concert with uh, this man a couple months ago. I like the title of the record. Uh, it aptly describes him. Why don't yeah. you uh, let us know? Yeah, I mean, uh, Harold Mayburn, new release uh, on Smoke. It's called The Iron Man Live at Smoke. Um, and it features an incredible band of Eric Alexander, John Weber, or is it John Weber? Weber. Weber, okay. And then Joe Farnsworth. Um, and, you know, they go through and they play some standards and, and whatnot, like Mr. PC, How Insensitive and whatnot. I ended up picking uh, Almost Like Being in Love. Um, and it's just, it's it's great. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I can't say I was necessarily expecting a new Harold Mayburn release already because he put out one last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's phenomenal. And I'm a huge Eric Alexander fan. So it's always great to hear him play. And I think the Iron Man live at Smoke, like you're talking about, definitely describes uh, Harold Mayburn's playing. You know, it's very much, um, I don't, I don't want to say he's not, like, able to, to work with other people, but it's just, it's set in stone. Like, he's going to lay it down, and this is where it is. And the, the group just sounds great together, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also describes him as a person too he's just been at it for so long and he's still out here just like grinding away and just like sounding great all the time and it's like see him all the time like it's smoke or not smoke at smalls just like hanging out you know just like one of these guys that just like loves the music and just is hanging out all the time yeah i mean that's that's great i can't you know obviously i've never seen him at smalls but it's just uh that's really cool to you know see someone that's that's uh in this kind of a position still out there and and uh present to and approachable by you know just your average person going out to smalls and playing in the session or whatnot yeah he's just incredible so i'm sure the record i haven't heard it but i'm sure it's you know sounds i can imagine exactly what it sounds like which is great, yeah you know straight ahead killing yeah with, with those cats um it's also really interesting to me i really want to find out how the smoke records thing is working because they put out so much music by these all these legendary people i just i'm fascinated by how they're able to make that happen okay i'm glad i'm not the only one that thought it was weird because like i feel like they put out a lot of music (laughs) with a lot of big names on it yeah Um, i don't know i mean i wonder if it must be tied in somehow with with um the deal to play at the club or something yeah, I don't know, you know, if it's um and and the other thing that would be interesting to see, I guess, is how many of them are all from the same session versus from like various gigs that they're playing at smoke, you know? Well, I don't think any of it is live. Well, this one is live at smoke. So, I most of them aren't live though. Most of them are session, like real regular sessions. But I I would imagine if mm-hmm. they would they could release a record from every weekend that they have because they always have amazing people there. So, right, I mean, and he's been on smoke sessions for uh, for a while now. Yeah, a couple of records at least. But I mean, yeah. smoke sessions is only a few years old, maybe four or five years old. Maybe yeah, because I think longer than that. Um, just looking at stuff right here, he was recording it back in 2013. He was on smoke sessions. Yeah, okay, so that's five years ago. So maybe yeah. it's even longer than that. But it seems like you know they have a lot of people on their roster. But again, it's right. all the people that play at the club. So. Oh, right. Just an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit. I'm always uh, f- 
interested in those in those things anyways but let's keep on moving so that was number that was 10 9 8 for this month and now oh of course another trumpet player why am i surprised yeah i'm not surprised um marquise hill man he is yeah you know this is very much where i see i mean it's already happening but his kind of sound has influenced so many people i feel that are that are trying to write music now um and so it's off his new record, Modern Flows, Volume 2. Last time we had a single they had released off of it. Um, this one is uh, Prayer for the People. And so his band, which I was uh, joking around today, it's like everyone's name begins with J, too. You got Josh Johnson on alto, Joel Ross on vibes, Junius uh, Pasal, or Paul on bass, and then Jonathan Penson on drums. Um, and so it sets up... Uh, you know they have such an interesting sound and, and interesting uh, colors that you first off you get with that instrumentation, you know, with vibes and alto and trumpet. Um, but I think that it really complements Marquise very well because he has like that really dark sound mm-hmm. um, and having you know two other instruments that have a, a brighter timbre. You could say kind of helps give some. Um, some uh complimenting to it which is interesting because i a lot of people you know generally associate trumpet with being brighter um outside of uh, some very few people that that have again like really dark sounds um this track also has emerald green on it who's uh this really good well good new poet um who's i mean also talented that's coming out and she talks about um it's common things that are going on in society nowadays and her, her viewpoints on it. And so it was really interesting to, to hear that kind of over the track and then see how they go in and out of it. Um, and, but they have a lot of people on here, you know, they got Braxton cook on the track that we were looking at last week. Brandon Alexander Williams is featured a couple of times. So it kind of goes back, you know, to that, that new idea, well, not even necessarily a new idea, but that idea of, um, this whole genre blending and, and more hip hop influences coming to jazz and, and, and whatnot like that. Yeah. Last time we were, was it last month recently? Yeah. We were talking about that, uh, origami harvest, the, um, the Ambrose record. Oh yeah. Month. Yeah. That was yeah, last yeah. month. And it's kind of a, to me, maybe, maybe it's, it's both similar and dissimilar, uh, in terms of having, you know, spoken word, or, or you know hip hop influence whatever you want to call it but uh so to you from a you know trumpet player perspective in the, in the approach of blending those things together how do you see you know like marquise's approach as different or the same as uh as ambrose um i feel like especially with that last album uh that ambrose put out mm-hmm. ambrose's is more like an entire uh art piece mm-hmm um, whereas Marquise's might have similar concepts from piece to piece, but you can put on like the track, the, the pieces are a little bit more standalone. Um, I also feel, and this is not to say, you know, I'm not trying to down talk Ambrose or anything, but, uh, Ambrose kind of is, it's more of like, it develops, uh, so many different ways throughout his compositions whereas um marquis usually finds like a groove that it settles into and then stacks on top of whereas ambrose kind of goes in and out of grooves and, and in and out of different uh textures and colors throughout the entire thing 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I, <clears throat> kind of how I perceived it as well. Just like Ambrose is a little more composed, uh, in, in like a kind of Western classical sense. Yeah, it's certainly like a like through composed type idea, yeah. or like an like an art like a modern art piece. You know, where like it doesn't necessarily follow traditions, but if someone sat it down and explained to you, you could start to see how all everything starts to fit together and whatnot. Right. Yeah, and I, I the other thing about Marquise is that I'm that I like that he does is that he doesn't uh, buy into something that I'm sometimes guilty of, which is being like uh, an elitist towards New York musicians. You know, like, mm, uh, mm. he he uses the guys that he wants to use, which and I really appreciate that. I mean, some of them are in New York, but like Josh Johnson lives in L.A. I know that. And, yeah, uh, and he talks about um, there's a. Um, um, music in America, that bit that uh, that Christian McBride does with NPR. Uh, yeah, Jazz Night in America. Yeah, Jazz Night in America. Right. There's one that features Marquise, uh-huh. um, and he talks about how he was very particular with that specifically with with finding what musicians he wanted to play, and like for you know Joel Ross is someone that you see con- like very often playing with Marquise, and he's like, I found Joel because this is what I like about Joel, and Joel is this. And he writes for Joel, so he's very particular about the guys that that he wants to use and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, I know, I know he's in New York now, but uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's really, it's great. I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know where Marquise is based anymore. He was in New York and in Chicago. I guess he's just a man of the world. Yeah, I know. I think he went to NIU. Um, so I know he's like kind of. He's from Chicago, but I don't from, know. From Chicago, yeah. I don't know where he's at, but it doesn't really matter. No. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, at least for me, when I was, I'm not that old, but when I was younger, I just always had New York as the place where everyone was. But it's like now with it, with, you know, the internet, it's like not really that important. It's becoming less and less important because you can still experience a lot of the music without having to like be there forever. Yeah. And I mean, when I've been asking people's thoughts on it, they say like, you know, it, it, you should visit and spend some time there, but it's not, you know, it's certainly becoming more of a thing where you don't have to live there to make your career, you know, take what you need from it and then you can go elsewhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. I still, I personally battle with that. Yeah. But, uh, Cause I like want to be there, but at the same time, it's almost not necessary. Almost, right. almost. But uh, anyway, before I you know, <clears throat> dive too deep down into my own, proclivities here uh let's keep moving so marcus strickland i've i've actually i've checked this record out quite a bit actually um oh why don't you tell us about it yeah um he came out with this new record and i guess it's from his uh new band necessarily you could say uh or marcus one of his bands uh the twee life and so he drops this record people of the sun which i think kind of goes back to what we were talking about with uh with Ambrose, where it's kind of uh, this whole conceptual idea or, or production, um, and he's very big into. Uh, he was uh, like back in 2016, I think he was saying he's working on helping um, this hip hop production and whatnot, and it, it was kind of like his you know aha moment where he was like, I'm no longer concerned about what is or isn't jazz and just like got rid of all those barriers. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of like what is fueling the direction of his music. Um, and so it's a great, 
great album. I picked a more, I guess you could say, like jazz-related or jazz-driven track off the album, uh, Relentless. And it's... Uh, the 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 melody is is deceivingly simple but he takes you know marcus strickland being the great saxophone player he is takes it all over the place um but the album is just very interesting because if you go up you know one track to the one that has uh the r&b singer Bilal on it it's turned from something that was like jazz oriented to straight up like hip-hop r&b right but with harmony that I guess you could say, you know, like if you listen to it closely in all the harmonies, you'd be like, I bet you a jazz pianist came up with this or someone that has a jazz history or, or a study in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's even more uh, like if Marquise Hill is blurring the lines, like Marcus Strickland just has no lines, you know, sure. um, and is certainly not afraid to, to go back and forth over it. Um, and it's really cool, and it's actually really nice to think about. I just realized today he's he's from Gainesville, Florida, out of all the places, and um, where he's been, you know, influenced and and whatnot to be able to make like this whole um, production like this. And he's he's kind of going back, you know, to his to uh, these influences from West Africa, as he talks about, and using these uh, Haitian sounds and Afro-Cuban rhythms and and southern rap that i he says that he picked up in the streets and whatnot just putting it all on this one album now that's uh there for everyone to experience you know mm-hmm. did you happen to figure find out who was playing trumpet on there was it keon harold i didn't i wasn't sure no they didn't say no i did not i found the rest of the band minus yeah. the trumpet player but he, he, I know he works a lot with Keanu Harold, so that's who I'm assuming yeah, that was my guess, is playing trumpet. But there's a, there's some really great moments on there where they're playing, um, like he's playing bass clarinet. Yeah. Some cool bass clarinet and trumpet stuff on there. It sounds kind of like, uh, to me, anyway, it sounded very influenced by Marcus Miller and like this where Marcus would play bass clarinet. I can see that. I can see that, which is nuts too because uh, – you know, your writing was the first thing while you were down here teaching uh, that kind of exposed me to like a serious use of uh, bass clarinet, which I've become more of a fan of than Barry Sachs. Just saying. Um, so, well, we don't so need to hate great. on the Barry Sachs players, but you know, <laughs> it does have a warmer sound. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's just it's cool to hear it used in a, in, a, in, a, in a way where it's not just taking the role of a Barry Sachs in a big band, you know, and like, how is it being used in a small group setting and whatnot? And very, like you said, warm sound. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Marcus Strickland, Twilight new record. And this next release is hilarious to me. Uh, this whole project. And honestly, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of my friends in LA play in this band in this big, cause it's a big band. And so I constantly see like Instagram stories from their gigs and it's just hilarious all around. And that's, uh, actor, actor. <laughs> and I think for my generation, at least like most associated with Jurassic park, <laughs> yeah. actor turned, uh, now, uh, I don't even know if you call it jazz singer, more like a comedic crooner or something. Uh, that's Jeff Goldblum and uh, so why don't you tell us about this record yeah I mean it's just (laughs) it it really caught me by surprise because I heard um, a while back that he I guess he announced he was going to make a a record 
and uh, I was uh, I thought it was a joke and it actually got released um, which is kind of my approach because there's been other actors that have kind of made like spoof jazz records like uh, sure. if, if you've ever seen the cartoons like Bob's Burgers or Archer that, that comedy actor uh, H. John Benjamin like made a experimental jazz piano record Okay, which is not jazz. Oh, well, okay, uh, it is jazz. isn't the Family Guy guy Seth? Uh, he yeah, made Seth McFarland. Yeah, Seth McFarland. He made a jazz record too. Yeah, and he he's I think he's even sung with uh, the Basie Band on a couple of hits. Okay, well there you go. Um, and so you know Jeff Goldblum releases playing piano, and so when I pulled up the record, uh, you know, like you said, it has the Mildred Snitzer uh, orchestra on it. And I pulled up the record and it has Till Broner on a lot of tracks, <laughs> which is cool because, again, great trumpet player. But then it's just interesting that he brings, like, Sarah Silverman on for a right. track and they right. sing, you know. And so I just, I couldn't believe it. So I went with, you know, them playing the standard Caravan live at the Capitol Studio Sessions. Um, and I'm not disappointed in any way. <laughs> it's just hard for me to, like listen to it and then i'm always like waiting to be like man where's jeff goldblum gonna appear like where is he coming and i'll be like this man he's he's playing piano right now right right um so it's interesting man it's it's really interesting um so i definitely recommend people checking it out um it's it's fun to listen to it's it's good to listen to they they cover various tunes like cantaloupe violin uh it never entered my mind uh caravan and some other ones and they introduced Sarah Silverman and whatnot. And Haley Reinhardt's on here too, so check it out. See what see what you think. It's uh, it's funny. It's like it's it's, 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 just it's not totally. It's not a hundred percent serious. It's not like oh no. It's not like Harold. It's not like uh, Marquis Hill or Marcus Strickland. You know, it's not. But super I wouldn't serious. call it like a. Uh, I wouldn't call it just like a joke album. You know, too. Like no, he can. Yeah. He, he's obviously competent and can hold his own. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll just let people, you know, have their own opinions about it and check it out. Yeah. And this this next record on here, I was I've been waiting for it for a long time. Uh, by Frank Kimbrough. Frank was a professor of mine when I was at Juilliard, and I've played with him over the years. And he's been talking about this project for literally like three years. And so I'm <laughs> glad to see that it finally happened, and it's very very interesting. So I'll let you kind of cue it up, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, I think one of the things that I like about it, so the record he's talking about is Monk's Dream, the complete compositions of Thelonious Fear Monk. Um, and I think one of the reasons I'm most excited about it is now I have somewhere to to go to check out some of these more obscure, you know, another source to go check out some of these more obscure tunes of Monk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he released his album with Rufus Reed on uh, bass, Billy Drummond on drums, and Scott Robinson, mm-hmm. who I had never heard of, um, which was really, really interesting because you never heard of Scott Robinson. No. Wow. And so I was listening to some of the tracks and I was like, Oh, tenor sax. That makes a lot of sense because monk. Um, and then I picked this track, uh, for the playlist because again, it had trumpet on it. We see, and I had been working on this earlier. Um, and then it had trumpet. And so I was searching, I was like, who's playing trumpet. And it's Scott Robinson. Again, one mm-hmm. of these multi-instrumentalist dudes. Yep. Um, which is nuts, you know. Power to those Scott guys that can do that. Scott is nuts. Scott plays in Maria's band, Maria Schneider. Okay, and uh, he's known as just you know being able to do these multi instrument things. 
he does he plays all kinds of instruments like the last time i played with scott he was playing this uh this what is it bulgarian or hungarian instrument called the terragato which is like a it's like a cross between a soprano sax and an oboe kind of and uh we did uh what was it what did we do miles ahead with uh the gil evans project and he was like the featured soloist and scott is just a crazy person and he plays all everything really 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 well and if uh, that's nuts if he also has one of the largest collections of like random like crazy instruments in his garage i've never actually been but i've only heard stories of the countless thousands of instruments that he's collected and that he can actually play like you know he also plays theremin i'm pretty sure like pretty well and like just one of these dudes that can do anything that's not because you know like i think like obviously when i think of multi-instrumentals i think of like yusuf latif Sure. Even, but even you know, he just doubled in in woodwinds, but woodwinds to the extreme. And then, of course, James Morrison, mm-hmm. um, where I'm sure that you've seen that that video where he's playing every instrument uh, in the band of Cherokee except the drums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Scott Robinson, I guess another dude who just wants to take everybody's gigs. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's just it's a great record. It's a lot to get through, and I've only gotten through some of it because it is. Um, six CDs with like 11 or 12 tracks on every record of just Monk's music. Um, and it's done in a way that is very true to Monk. You know, and everyone talks about when you play Monk's music, like it forces you to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it sounds um, really historically accurate um, and very much a... You know, it's not someone just calling Green Chimneys or We See. It's someone that's calling those tunes and has checked it out and done their homework. And now they're presenting it to you with their personality just kind of interwoven into Monk's contributions to uh, to jazz. Yep, that's exactly right. And he's been obsessed with this project for several years now and talking about it and preparing, really, you know checking out all the music yeah, and all of that. That is a huge project. Yeah. And so I'm glad that it's out. It actually came out really fast, I feel like, because they were recording it we, when the last time I played with Frank in May, and now it's out. They hadn't recorded it yet in May. Wow. And it's so, out. so they did six records Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they did, it in a, they did it in one week, I believe, or two weeks like of recording, and then, I don't know, they got it out really fast. But Frank that's is not man. Frank isn't a, the type of musician that's gonna sit there and um, like mix something like seventeen times or anything like that. He's very, very much just kind of put it out into the world, and it is what it is. Kind of. Uh, oh yeah, but that's vibe. still that's still a uh, a lot of energy and focus that it takes to you know try and be so intently like in that right headspace for so many tunes going on, and I'm sure. But I'm sure it also gets easier when it's like every tune is by the same person, you know? Yeah, and, and you have a great such band. a particular person. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're just playing with nobodies. Exactly. So, anyway, I'm excited. I've only scratched the surface with this record, too. So, I'm excited to kind of dig into it uh, a little more deep and actually listen to the whole thing first. But, uh, but yeah, great resource. And ironically, right at the same time, just I think a few weeks ago, there's a guitarist, Miles Okazaki, who did a solo version of all of Monk's compositions as well. Oh, wow. Uh, I so haven't checked that Totally out different. It's just solo guitar. Yeah. So it's, uh, 
Or I haven't checked that all out all the way either. I don't know if he did like multiple guitars, but anyway, Miles is Okazaki, another another resource for people trying to find uh, some good reversions of monks monks tunes that are like really well studied and not just you know appropriations, but like really really well thought out versions. Uh, anyway, we've kind of gone down a little monk monk hole here, so we'll kind of keep on moving uh, to some Mingus. Yeah, um, Charles Mingus, and there are there it was announced uh, I don't know like September or something like that earlier this year where there were some ta- lost tapes that were found, um, and so they finally released it. It's from uh, Jazz in Detroit, the Strata Concert Gallery in Forty Six Selden. Um, and it's a very long record, which kind of goes with, uh, like Mingus compositions. You know, he wasn't doing just three or four minute tunes, mm-hmm. um, because even though it's only 13 tracks, like the opening track is 25 minutes. Uh, he has an interview and, and commentary, which is 39 minutes. It's cool to listen to, you know, a 27 ver- minute version of a uh, C jam blues and whatnot. And so it's really cool record. Um, and I'm just like, I've checked out some of uh, Charles Mingus's stuff, obviously, you know, with uh, Fables of Fabus and Goodbye Pork Pie Hat and whatnot. But it's it's someone that I'm starting to check out. The more obscure things he wrote, and he had a very, um, a very unique style to what he did, and a very, uh, you know, people say that his writing is just as eccentric as he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's cool to see, you know. We had this with like the John Coltrane record that came out and whatnot, and, and some Woody Shaw stuff earlier this year. So it, it's always just amazing to find stuff coming out that was lost and, and is now found and, and all because it's kind of like that gift that keeps on giving, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. You could think of it that way. Yeah, so I picked The Man Who Never Sleeps. It's just, it was one of them that uh, I haven't listened to the entire thing. Um, but it, out of the ones I listened to, it was one that I very much enjoyed. Um, certainly check it out though. Everything. I don't think there's something that's going to uh, disappoint you and they even have some alternate takes of some of the stuff. Um, I didn't pick the opening track, which is another great track. Um, probably simply because I couldn't pronounce the title, <laughs> but it's phenomenal album and think people will really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I want to check this out. I didn't even realize that this had come out. I, uh, but it's always good to hear things live. I guess that's yeah. just the, uh, you know, music nerd in us. It's like, you want to hear what the band actually sounded like when they played, not just the studio. Well, and I love hearing the, the sound of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, it makes it, um, more real for me in a lot of ways, you know, um, especially because then, like you said, we don't like, we know that there were not thousands of takes taken. Um, but I feel it just like that extra energy from hearing the sound of the room can kind of make a great thing even better. Sure yeah totally and uh okay so then from here we move to oh a great singer uh gregory porter yeah and um so this is coming i've been a huge gregory porter fan for a while and this is actually the first live album he's ever done oh, okay um and so it's one night only live at the royal albert hall uh from april earlier this year and it's a Phenomenal record doing, you know, if you've ever listened to Gregory Porter, he does a lot of the tunes that he's well known for and whatnot, like his version of Sweet Lorraine. I picked Hey Laura, um, 
which is just one of his songs that I've always loved. Um, and he does some stuff off his, you know, he recently did that uh, Nat King Cole record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has his version of Love on here and all. So it's uh, the songs are way shorter than um, the, the Mingus record. <laughs> it's a 19 track uh, album. And I think it's just, uh, it's interesting to, to hear him finally sing live. I mean, it's not bad anyways you know he he has like some youtube sessions that he did live and whatnot um but it's a great band he covers a lot of stuff on here his take on smile um the christmas song you know uh nature boy but beautiful a lot of stuff and it's uh phenomenal treat to hear nice just a solid solid uh thing did they did they print any of these you know it's got to be a double cd probably i'm assuming um but also, it wouldn't surprise me if they did not put any CDs, and this is just a digital album. Yeah, it, it's oh, so it will be available as like CD, DVD, box set, Ooh. Um, which is cool because you know you also get to see the uh, see the concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, this is something that is like really exciting, and that a lot of artists aren't taking advantage of is just like the fact that you can put stuff on Spotify to introduce people to your music and let them hear it, and then. Like the ones that really are big fans will pay more for something like that, like to have the DVD and have the CD and have it people are collectors and want to do stuff like that. And I, All right. I wish more people would uh, realize that they that this is a that Spotify is a great tool for allowing people to find you. Well, and this performance is so nuts too because it also um, it features like a full orchestra mm-hmm. on some of the stuff, and he's singing out in front of that. So that's um you know it's like gregory porter with strings and and all um mm-hmm. so it's just it's it's a huge production and you know it must have been also a treat to be able to perform in the royal albert hall you know yeah totally yeah it must have been must have been a good one anyways well now we're all the way to number one and you've been raving about this record for weeks since you heard it i got a text from you have you heard this record so now we can uh tell everyone about your favorite record of right now yeah i'm uh it's a benny green release just came out then and now um i huge benny green fan you know i can remember uh when i was first checking him out and first off i'm always amazed because i'll i'll uh he, he always is that pianist that everyone talks about or at least my friends talk about who's actually like 50 i think but looks 30 he just permanently looks in this one state of age sure um but man this record is phenomenal the the trio that is the foundation of it and i'm a huge fan of trio uh records like those are some of my favorite stuff to go listen to whether it be oscar peterson or ellis or whomever um but he's backed by david wong on bass and kenny washington on drums and it's phenomenal he also has uh, josh jones playing percussion on some and Ann Drummond doing flute and alto flute, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's a great record. I picked uh, he does naturally off here. I picked this song uh, called "Hip Sippy Blues," which is just um, man, it swings hard. It is all based upon like they go back to like the whole shuffle feel and everything, mm-hmm. and it is just it is bad. I recommend anybody at least check out that tune on there 
um, Benny Green Man is a bad dude on piano, and that is is like especially with David Wong and Kenny Washington playing with them, man. Like the foundation and and the groove that they set up is so strong, but there's like anything they can do on top of it. So definitely recommend people checking this out. Um, huge huge fan of uh, his playing, and I think this album is gonna really. Uh, if you haven't been listening to Benny Green for a while, or if you did listen to him and you kind of stopped, I think this is really going to catch people's attention again with uh, how simple and approachable that it is and, and just uh, the great feeling that they're constantly setting up on each track. Nice. Well, that's a pretty well-rounded playlist, I think. It's got a lot of different uh, things in there. Oh, look, my Alexa is going off here. Okay, that's enough, Alexa. Okay, so uh, I think what I was saying was this is a nice playlist, a lot of good stuff, and um, I'm glad you could be here to, to kind of share it with us. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, people are going to be a fan of it. Alexa had to say her own words. You know, I know, she had to get in she there. Likes them. Yeah. All right, well, Alan, thanks so much for being here, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the other both next year's playlists and uh, kind of wrapping up this year and kind of picking some of the best stuff. So stay tuned uh, for that if you've been a fan of this um, playlist for the course of the year. So check it out on Spotify that this is Jazz Playlist. You can find it on the Outside In Music account. You can also find a number of other playlists there on the account, uh, including playlists looking at our artists, some instrument-themed playlists, and a whole bunch of stuff. So I hope you'll check that out. And like I said at the top of the show, if you are interested in getting uh, involved with Outside of Music, please do get in touch. We're really excited. Alan and I are speaking at the NAMM show in January. So if you want to uh, connect with us, we'll be at the NAMM show uh, for the College Music Society's uh, Generation Next uh, conference that's taking place there at the NAMM show in Anaheim, California. Uh, We'll be there on Friday of that week. Uh, I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but uh, we'll be there in the morning speaking on Friday morning of that conference to talk about outside of music, what we're doing and how we can get young people and people of all ages, really, but specifically early career uh, musicians, artists, industry people involved with what we're doing. And uh, hopefully that means you. So please come say hello and uh, thanks for being here. Lots more on the way before the end of the year, but I hope you have a great holiday season and new year, and uh, we'll see you back here real soon.